We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, it is your meat episode of the week. I'm so glad you're here. This is going to be a powerful conversation, guys. You're not going to want to miss this one. Speaking specifically about anointed leadership, what that looks like, and how you can apply that in your life. Now, you know we're going to always start every episode with Scripture. Listen, this week we're in Judges. I get it. We're in Judges. This is Old Old Testament here. Judges 4, really 1 through 9, but focus just on verses 8 for the week, if you will. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you do not go with me, I won't go. And guys, I unpacked that scripture in depth on our spiritual kickoff. Go listen to it. There's a ton of insight to learn there, specifically around leadership that you can apply to your life, okay? So go check that spiritual kickoff out and go read Judges 4, 1 through 9. Just read that chapter 4. Guys, you're going to get a ton of uh, wisdom and insight to discern just from those those verses. So for our guest today, I have joining with us Terry Linscott, okay? He is a devoted family man who has established leadership principles in every area of his life, guys. He's a senior pastor at Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky. So got a good old Kentucky guy here with us. He served in the ministry since 1993, and he was an associate pastor for 18 years before taking a senior pastor role in 2020. And he's going to talk about when he actually took that role at the very beginning of 2020. So imagine you were handed a brand new position, senior pastor, January 2020, how excited he was. Then came March, and you'll want to hear what happened, because since that happened, some incredible things, guys, have been happening in his life. And he attributes all of this for his passion around leadership and the people he has around him that he put in leadership positions, ultimately led them to make good decisions, biblical decisions, and growth that they could not imagine. So, guys, it's a powerful conversation. It's, we're not just going to be talking about church leadership. We're going to be talking about how you can lead right now at work at home, with your children, and yourself. So guys, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Terry Linscott. Terry, welcome to The Lion Within Us. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. I look forward to having a great time and conversation and, and just talking about leadership and men. Amen, bro. Amen. The guys are excited about this one. I kind of I got him warmed up on the spiritual kickoff on Monday, telling about this guy that's going to come in and talk about anointed leadership. So I know they're here, they're dripping, they're ready. Man, before we get going too far, why don't you give them a little bit about your bio? Now, they've already heard my intro, so they've heard Chris say a few words, but I love to let the guests themselves actually give, give, give the guys a little bit about your background. You know, maybe why should they even listen to you about the anointed leadership? Because we'll be talking about a topic that I know is close to so many of our listeners' hearts. Yeah, I appreciate that. Well, listen, man, I'm just a, I'm a good old boy from Radcliffe, Kentucky, little south of Louisville, right next to Fort Knox. Uh, I'm a married man of almost 30 years uh, to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we have four children, uh, uh, three boys and one girl. My oldest is 27 and my youngest is 22 and uh, three boys are all married. My daughter's my baby. And uh, she's not going to get married till Jesus comes, man. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, but uh, I have three grandbabies, one on the way. And uh, I, I've been through the ringer with my wife. We've 
almost divorced a few times, but uh, we took divorce off the table and I just decided to become a man uh, of God and a man that leads the house well. Uh, I'm a senior pastor of Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe. I took over in January of 2020. Uh, and sure enough, three months later, the worst worst day in history of, of society through the pandemic. And uh, what I did is I took the principles of God, of being uh, just an anointed man of God and trusted God. And through the pandemic, most people that we've heard have either closed doors uh, or they just declined. We increased. Uh, we flourished. We went from about 170 people to over 500 today through the pandemic and just leadership principles and things that I teach in the church can be applied um, in homes uh, as well as in business and, and in churches. So that's a little bit about me, you know, that you can <laughs> where I've come from. So. Well, man, the, the the timing of taking over that church—that's pretty interesting, right? I'm left. You're like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. I, God has a sense of humor. I think we both can agree to that. So, uh, but you know, I, I look back and I see uh, the the transition that happened. So, I I was uh, my in laws uh, pioneered the church in 1986, and uh, in '92 I graduated high school, went straight into some seminary here, which was correspondence. And I was the youth minister. And then 2002, I was the associate. And uh, I never thought I'd take over the church, but they handed it to me in 2020. And and in the transition and everything that happened, I'd part of the church and and just being available to the, the congregation uh, was great. But also with the different dynamics of the, the adjustments that needed to be made, uh, I think leadership is crucial. And uh, mm -hmm. some people have it and some people don't. And in and, and that mindset when you need it. And uh, it was just a great transition for us in our church, in our society, in our community, I should say. Yeah. I mean, and he, and, you know, I've talked to several pastors. I've been blessed on the line with them to be able to talk to some pastors. And a couple of them are more on the, the I guess you'd say, closer to the mega church end. So when you hear mm -hmm. a couple hundred member grow for them, they, they, that, that, that's a different scale. Yeah. I'm very interested in this, though, because this is more local. This is what guys are, are I'm, I'm sure most of our guys are listening. They're part of a smaller, smaller church. But to go from 100, what you say, 170 something to put to now you're over 500. Yeah. That's a that's a huge, huge jump within a couple of years, man. Congratulations. I mean, what's what do you think was the biggest factor? What's what's drawing people in to to, to want to 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 come, you know, not just come come worship, but actually change their membership over to your church? Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. First of all, ultimately. This is the beautiful thing is I don't believe in church shifting, like kingdom shifting. I believe in kingdom right. growth. And uh, most of our growth came from people that are de-churched, you know, that they got hurt by church oh. 20, 30 years ago. Uh, people that have walked away from God for 10, 15 years. And, and a lot of people that first time salvations, so we're talking about men of 30, 40, 50 years old. And so our growth didn't come from just shifting. It came from yeah. us really reaching out of our walls. And a lot of that comes, and if I could be really frank with it, is the leadership, is the portion of mm -hmm. being able to take, uh, think big and risk big, you know, is take risks in leadership and uh, just challenge people to start talking about Jesus and the power of God and, and the fire of God. You know, I believe in the fire of God in the book of Acts that gets all over you. And uh, you saw Peter. I, Peter, I resonate a lot with in the Bible. I, I just, he's my favorite character and you read right. about him and you think this guy's a knucklehead. You know what I mean? You think some of the stuff that he did, but I think about this guy that denied Jesus, you know, three times and said that I would die for you, Jesus. He says, Oh no, you're going to deny me before the cock crows three times. You're going to deny me three times, you know? And then Jesus comes right back to him and says, Peter, do you love me? three different right. times. Well, after that day of Pentecost, we know that in the book of Acts, that Peter's the one that goes and preaches and 3000 people come to know Jesus that day. I look yeah. at that, man. And I'm like the audacity of a guy that, that was hiding and now comes out public and is just willing to go after people and tell the truth. And I, I've challenged my church, man, just start telling people about Jesus. Cause I believe the days are, are, are limited. You know, we're in that final yeah. hour, you know, we're probably in the final seconds of, of, of time. And uh, so it's time that we go 
out in the highways and byways and compel everybody that would come to know Christ now. And that's really what's happening in our churches. We've really, as I pastor with great discipleship emphasis, but man, I'm challenging people to tell everybody they can about Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where that's a lot of it's come from. And then I empower. I give a lot of people permission to function inside their, yeah. their yes. And, uh, and it really helps. People want purpose. People want to know that there's more to life than just attending a church. Man, that is so cool. I mean, for one thing, too, I, I'm, I'm thinking through of so many churches I talk to that are your size. They're all about the members, mm-hmm. you know, and, and focusing on the members versus the evangelism. And I think yeah. that's but it sounds like for you, you guys are all in on evangelism. You're taking you're taking the word, you're spreading the gospel and then they're coming on because you're doing you're obedient to that. And I think, man. If there's if there's some pastors listening or maybe some church leaders listening, it takes hear what Terry's doing because there's reasons that Jesus says go therefore make disciples. So I mean that's that's awesome that you guys are doing that, Terry. I appreciate that, and it really is. And what I've seen, this is the beautiful thing for me, Chris. Is prior to me taking over, we had like typical churches. You have uh, women dominant, right? And what happened is I stepped in. And just shifted a little bit. And now we are a, we're, we're probably a male dominant leadership force more than we are a female dominant. And I have nothing against women. I'm all for yep. women. Uh, I believe too. in the women in ministry. I have no issues with women preachers and leaders. I don't have any of them, but I do believe that in society, when the, the men take the lead, then that's when you start seeing great success. And so what yeah. I started to do is challenge men to be men to be men of yeah. God and to do and take their their rightful role in society in the church and in the home and I'm telling you that that alone man it, it it's not that that's the only way but that's one of the key factors that I oh, really yeah. see in my church well it blew me away when you were talking earlier too I mean if you got guys that are in their 30s and 40s I think you even said 50s surrendering their life to Christ that just doesn't happen. I mean, that, that's what statistically speaking, guys. I mean, I, I, before yeah. you guys go crazy, like that usually, if you don't get them by the time they're what, 25, the stats yeah. say, like, you're not going to get them. But you got, you got a message and it sounds like you have a pretty masculine message as well around leadership. And that's what men, that's what they need to hear. So, I mean, hats off, keep, keep doing it. And maybe that, let's, let's talk more about it. Cause when you talk about anointed leadership, some guys don't even know what that means. I mean, that can be a confusing word, just that, just an anointed word in general. So what do you mean when you say anointed leadership? What do you talk about there? Yeah. So in First John, the Bible teaches that we all have an unction <clears throat> or it's uh, uh, the anointing is what we call it. The word right. anointed means a supernatural divine enablement. It's um, what I see it as. It's a super on your natural. So Romans teaches that we in Romans chapter 12, there are the seven gifts of the father. And those are great. Those are what every Christian has. And that's what God enabled you to do. But there's an anointing that comes alongside of that. And that is the whole, the person of the Holy Spirit in John 14, 15, 16. It's what Jesus prayed. He prayed that right. the Holy Spirit would help you. The Holy Spirit would comfort. The Holy Spirit would guide. But the word, the, the word anointing is something that smears on. And, and on your life is what that word anointing, the old covenant, you know, they take six quarts of oil <laughs> and mix it right, up with some right. different ingredients and dump it all over you. Well, that's not, thank God we don't do that today, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but what it, we, we find in the New Testament, what Jesus was teaching is this is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. See, we get, mm-hmm. we get saved and we, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And, uh, and that's great. And that's what gives us the ability to have life and to walk fullness of God. But then Jesus that says that, and the, the, in Luke chapter four, that he, he, the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was in him and he came upon him and it's the power. It's the ability to do what God's called you to do. And see, I believe that the word husband and the word wife really doesn't just mean a partner. It means the anointing. So that if I'm a husband to my wife's name, Shantae, if I'm a husband, I have the anointing to husband Shantae. No other man can. You know, I believe this is God's design is I can pray for her. I can lead her. I can wash her in the word. I can help her. She's not my doormat. She's not my, you know, weaker person that she can't do nothing. But my job 
is that anoint that supernatural ability to enable me to do everything God's asked me to do. That's what the anointing is all about. And I believe that that anointing is needed in the home. It's needed on the job. It needs it in the neighborhood. It needs it on, you know, the golf course. You need that anointing on your life to just function today. Yeah. I love it. So you maybe have guys that are listening right now, like, okay, that sounds great. How, how do I know if I have it? <laughs> what do you, hey, what do, you do? Do you know Jesus? <laughs> so ultimately it's, do you know Jesus, man? This is the package deal. Uh, I, I'm a, I've been saved many years I, I, and, and in the ministry for 30. One of the things that I realize is what, when we have that relationship with Jesus and Chris, I think you talk a lot about the, 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 the first things of every day is in the word and, and, mm-hmm discovering who you are in the word. And I think one of the package deals of God is that is uh, that anointing. You know, when when it says in uh, Romans, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. That word saved is sozo. That sozo doesn't just mean a name written down. It means uh, pro- pre- being preserved, healthy, whole, uh, mm-hmm. restored, all, all, everything. It's packaged. So when Jesus comes into your life and he lives on the inside of you, his prayer in John 14 through 16, the chapters, was that, man, the Holy Spirit would get in you and get on you right. and help you fulfill everything he's called you to do, to do. And, and I think every man has that. Every woman has that anointing. And it's something you can't see. It's not like Old Testament and it's the oil being poured all over. It's, it's just something that changes when your spirit man comes alive through Christ that, that we understand like you do every day is read your scriptures. It's, it's the defining who I am in Christ. And, uh, you know, I know it's a great, it's, it's like, how do you know? Man, you just know, you know, you know, when you're knower, if you will, you know, and, right. uh, and, and, but that's part of Jesus living in you, man. Amen, bro. Hey guys, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Most men know what it's like to do life in a vacuum and feel isolated on the journey. We believe every man needs a community to help them become the men they were created to be. More than just a website or podcast, we are a community of Christian men who are committed to supporting and encouraging one another on our journey to become the best versions of ourselves. We are men who have fought the good fight and come out victorious. The lion within us is here to help you stop feeling lost, defeated, and alone. Instead, find community and connection with other men that will help you achieve your goals. Live a life of purpose and be the leader God intends you to be. Visit thelionwithin.us to join the new growing Lions Den community today. So, Terry, I'm curious when you talk about, you know, specifically leadership and the anointing and leadership, maybe give us, is there a common myth? I mean, sometimes guys, when they think about leadership, they have this, this vision of what leadership looks like. Is there a myth out there around leadership that you like to debunk right now? Uh, for, for some of these hard headed guys that listen to the line with Dennis, uh, sorry guys, you know, I'm gonna call you out like that, (laughs) but uh, is there anything, when you think about leadership, is there any myths that just guys get it completely wrong? Yeah. I I think people get this one thing wrong. Uh, leaders are born. I think that's Uh a myth. I I think that is poor because Timothy says, Paul told Timothy, if any man desires the office of a bishop overseer, which is we know from the Greek is leadership. If you desire leadership. So that tells me I don't have to be I'm not born with it. It's a desire of my heart. Now, Mm -hmm. I think leadership comes easier for some people because I think they have that desire, that passion. But everybody has the ability to be a great leader. Uh, I also believe that in, in Christianity, that the moment that you get saved, you become a leader. I mean, that passion, that desire, because leadership simply is influence. It, it really, I mean, I think, you know, you listen to John Maxwell, maybe a Craig Rochelle leadership stuff. Uh, you hear other people out there that I can name other leaders. And a lot of them will tell you that leadership simply is influence. It's how you influence. Mm-hmm. And so I think too many times I've heard it growing up that uh, even my, some of the people that I've listened to have always said, you know, that, you know, leaders are born, that he's a born leader. And I just don't see that in the Bible. I don't see that in scripture. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I see there's giftings, but not leadership. Leadership is that mm-hmm. desire. So I would say this, listen, when you come to know Christ, you got to understand 
He called you to be a leader. He called you. It's just like this. He told the disciples, come and follow me and I will make you a fisher right. of men. And so the word making you is the is the ongoing preparation and development of your life. Part of that is being an influence to impact your your sphere of influence, right? It's influential mm-hmm. in every area of your life and especially as men in our homes. I I mean my word, we need men to rise up and understand God has anointed you to be a great leader first of all in your house. Right. Right. Should they start there? I mean, is that, is that I, where you, yeah, absolutely. I, I, yeah. I think first of all, you got to lead yourself. That's the first mm-hmm. thing I think you got to set yourself up for success, uh, by doing certain things. I think you got to take care of your health. I think you got to take care of your money. I think you got to take care of you. I think if you don't lead yourself, how do you lead your wife? If you don't lead right. yourself, how don't, how do you lead your kids? But I ultimately think I teach young ministers and people I've been in the ministry for 30 years, but senior pastor two and a half now or almost three and I teach people this. They want a pulpit and they want a, a congregation. They want somebody to listen to them. And I tell all of these young people starting to, that are starting out, you have a great audience and a great congregation, especially if you're a man, in your home. You start preaching the word to your wife and you start preaching it to your kids. Preach it to your dog, your cat, your bird, your snake. I don't care. Start preaching there. Don't wait for a podium, a pulpit, right? And so the Bible really instructs every man to to wash their wife in the word. And that's what leadership is. And if you don't lead there, how do you lead a church? How do you lead a business? How do you lead in society, man, if you can't get your own home to follow you? Right. And for you guys that are preaching. Yeah, <laughs> they keep keep preaching, brother, because the guys have heard me say this plenty of times before. If you're waiting for a pastor one hour a week to lead your family spiritually, you've completely missed a boat and you're not reading scripture the right way. So, I mean, I, I'm all over, man. I, I'm with you. Look, you got it's it's a it's a everyday opportunity. How, who are you going to show up? Because if the same man shows up Monday through Saturday as it does on Sunday, it's easy yeah. to put on a nice facade. And look good on Sunday morning, and do the 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 blessed and highly favored handshake to everybody, right? Like whenever I hear that, I call dudes out right immediately. I'm calling them out. I'm like, tell me what's really going on, brother. Like something's, right. <laughs> you know. But I mean, there's such an opportunity to lead in our homes yeah. that we just miss that. We don't even think about it. And it's like, dude, it's right here in front of us. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I mean, I, I've got four kids, man, and and I think we were talking off the show. You know, I, I sometimes call myself a fifty percenter. I got, I did it fifty percent right. You know, at least I'm I'm I'm, I'm batting five hundred. I think that's a great average. But that's but right. uh, the right. reality is is I was started off in my life as my as a parent. The first eleven years of parenting, I was I wasn't leading my kids. I was more interested in me. Uh, mm-hmm. in my, my perception and what people thought my reputation. And, and I thought that people viewed me based on my kids behavior. You know, I, right. I guess I missed, <laughs> I missed the verse that said in the heart of a child is foolishness. Right. I, I, I guess I missed that thought, you know? And so I was really more interested in their behavior than their heart. And so I right. wasn't leading. I wasn't being the husband of my house and, uh, the father to my children. I was more interested in Terry. And I think that, yeah. My oldest was 11 years old, so he was 11, 9, 7, and 5 at the time. And uh, I realized, man, I'm all wrong. I'm all jacked up. You know, I'm trying to be at, a, yeah. at that time an associate in my church and let people lead, listen to me. But in my own home, my kids, man, they don't they don't want to follow me. They don't want to talk to me. And my, right. my oldest was 11. And so I had to shift the way I was leading in my house. I had to shift that I stopped worrying about their behavior. And I knew that I would deal with the behavior, but the problem is as the heart, whatever's in the heart is going to follow. And so I started right. leading my kids to have a relationship with Jesus Christ more than I was interested in my own personal reputation. You know, that the name on the back of the shirt was Lynn Scott rather than Jesus. And I had right. to shift that mindset. And uh, it really, it took work, Chris. It took tons of work and took tons of uh, trying to repair you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What I had messed up in 11 years. And that anoint- I just go back to that anointing, man. What what I would have took me another 11 years, the anointing allowed a shorter process to see that repair with my oldest son and my second son. And uh, I just see it that way. We, you know, I stopped worrying about everything else. And I started really focusing on my fi- my family, my wife and my kids. And I'll tell you, that was what almost 20 years ago and yeah. 19, 20 years ago. 
Today, my kids, all four of my children and I have a great relationship. They love to be at our house. Uh, my yeah. wife and I, man, we're the b- best of friends. Uh, and it, But it shifted 20 years ago yeah. of learning that I first got to leave my house. And I yeah. got more interested in them than I did everybody else in my church. Amen, brother. I mean, guys, as you think about this, think about when you show up at the house, you know, what is that, what is that environment like? So cause it sounds like Terry's environment is very, it was very, it shifted to where, you know, it was, it, it was a very loving, warm uh, relationship led environment. Whereas, you know, if you're just, if you're just a dictator, if you're just a rule mm-hmm. rule maker and an enforcer, you know, what, what are you doing there to really foster those relationships? And Terry, you're, Thank you for sharing that for, for one, being so transparent, because this is what guys need to hear, you know, because yeah. it's easy to say, you know, Terry's got four kids. He crushed it the whole time. But you were you, you were very honest. Like that first 11, man, I was missing the boat, you know, and, and this is what I had to do. So it's to me, it's very it's an encouragement word just to hear that truth, brother. So thank you so much. Yeah. And it's not easy, right? It's it's not hard to yeah. really admit the fault. But the reality was I was doing it all wrong. And uh, right. I was trying to lead people rather than my house. And I shifted that mindset. And now I lead yeah. my house. Even today as an empty nesters, you know, my oldest is a senior in college. She lives at home and goes to college at, at, locally. And uh, but she lives in our basement by herself and has her own in and out. And me and my wife feel like yeah. empty nesters. But I still lead. I still lead her. Yep. I, I still wash her in the word. I still pray with her. The things that we did 20 years ago, we still do today, even without That's- kids. And, and, uh, I will tell you what, man, I wish I would have learned it earlier, but I'm grateful yeah. that, that I've, I did learn and I shifted that. So. Amen, brother. And I love how you mentioned influence. Cause I mean, so many guys, they hear that word and they want to have it also for me, I tie influence and I tie serving together. So I, tie, to me, I also, I tell guys a lot of times to lead is to serve. And then, but then sometimes guys don't like serving. <laughs> so it's like, all right, try, I'm trying to help you understand guys to be a serve, to be a leader, you really have to serve. So maybe speak to the guy who doesn't really embellish serving as much. They just want to be that leader. The difference why serving is important because serving can create influence. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. That's a great question. And I love it because I hear that a lot. And so I always ask, well, what did you think the disciples did? you know, before they became the apostles, you know? Right. And uh, so for three and a half years, they followed Jesus to become, and uh, he taught them to be ushers because remember they fed the 5,000 and he set them down in fifties and hundreds. And that was their job. They were the waiters. They had to pass out. They were the bus boys They had to clean up, you know, Uh, they were the, I call them Uber drivers today for to go get like, or DoorDash or or whatever. Remember when the woman at the, at the well, they had to go pick up Jesus food. It took 12 of them to go get one guy some food. Come on, man. I'm just, (laughs) this is how much the Lord trusts men. If that had been a woman, he'd have sent one woman. That's right. That's right. I think about, I think about those guys, man. And I think what they went through. They were security that, you know, the widow, the woman with the issue of blood and he, they're trying to keep people off of it. Just everything was serving just like a local right. church. If you think about it, you know, they, they, they did everything in the body of Christ to become who they were. And it wasn't until Acts chapter, what, six or seven, where they did the deacons. And, and at that mm-hmm. point it was like, man, that was the church had grown. They were still working it. And then they had another responsibility. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Well, Paul was a great servant leader. You know, I mean, that right. man, one of the greatest men of all the Bible, I think, and, and what he did, he, w- he was never uh, put anything be- uh, beneath him. You know, he, nothing was better than or beneath him. That man was just the idol, if you, or an icon, I should say, uh, of what Christianity looks like. And, and, and if we're going to lead our family, we got to say, follow me as I. The word as I is do what I do. So mm-hmm. leaders in servant leadership is way I do it is if I, they don't see me do it, then why would they? That doesn't mean I have to do everything, but I got to prove that I will serve, that I will do nothing is beneath me. And so, right. you know, what I, I just actually had a, a, a staff briefing and we're doing a major event at our church this weekend, an outreach, a crusade. And I paused everything in the ministry in the church and, and my staff. And I said, listen, everything I've asked you to do goes on pause today because we've got to pull off this, this crusade. And that goes for me. If you need me to cut papers, I'll cut papers. If you need me to fold, I'll fold. What do you need me to do? Do you need me to go mow the grass? I'll mow the grass. And so I think when you talk about leadership, people want to follow that. 
They don't want to follow right. a dictator. Nobody wants to follow somebody that just tells you what to do. Well, Paul said, follow me as I. So do what I do, not just what I right. say. And I think we have to get that mindset is Jesus didn't come to be served. He come to serve. And so right. that's the whole goal. You know, you, I, I'm serving you on your platform and podcast today. You served me on mine. And, and that's what it is. It's how do we network and help each other with our gifts? And some gifts right. are different, but are you willing to use them? Right. And, and do it mm -hmm. that way and follow what Jesus did and also follow what, uh, what Paul did. And that's kind of the thing for me is be willing, man. It's the greatest thing to help somebody else in serving. It's it's the greatest reward in your heart is when you lay your life down to do something for somebody else. Yes, I love it. Now, I, when, when you were, when you said that that as I follow me as I, it was very close to something that I teach guys or I where I try to coach with guys around. I tell them more is caught than taught, and the whole yeah. idea is look, they're they're particularly when you're talking about your kids leading your children but even your wife and those this goes for everywhere work community church people are paying a whole lot more attention to the actions you take versus the words you say right because i mean you could you could say all these wonderful things you could be scripturally i mean you could just preach right out of acts right and just and just roll it out send it to the dinner table and then get up and start you know kick the dog and kick the cat well nobody would say anything if you kick the cat but anyway if you keep all that stuff and and like you know It'd be a different man. A different man shows up in their actions. That's what the kids, particularly their children, are looking at. Is this sort of more is caught than taught? And it sounds like that. Follow me as I. Yeah. Really, that that that's the same same mindset, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I believe that. I, and I actually teach that here is you can teach vision or you can catch it, and you know the people uh, that are catching it. You know, yeah. uh, Habakkuk says, "Write it down," and he who reads it will run with it. Well, that reading it, the word "read" in the Hebrew doesn't mean just logos. It means something that has deposited inwardly that it creates a passion to go after. And that's okay. what it's all about is, is catching it. And uh, your kids are never going to catch it if they see you. I, can I just be really honest with you? Go outside, mow the grass while I sit here and use the remote control and click on the TV. You know, right. uh, it, it's like they go do it. Then you go, and maybe you didn't do this. Maybe I'm the worst dad out there, but I reprimanded them for things that I never taught them how to do. I never showed right. them how to do. And I've yeah. done that. And, and because I didn't want to go do, I thought it was too much time to go out and show. <laughs> By the right. way, those are great parenting moments. Those are great relationship building moments, you know? And so, and I missed that in the first 11 years of my kids' life. And so I had to adjust in those moments where I actually got up and went out. And that's one of the revelations that I got reading in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 is follow me as I. And that word as I was like, whew, that was just two simple words, you know, just little letters as I. And it's like, well, what am I doing as a dad? What am I doing right. as a husband? Not what am I doing as a, an associate or a pastor or a business owner? What am I doing as a father that they are following? And, and when I look back, they were doing exactly what I was doing and, and how I was doing it. Bucking their mom, complaining about work, uh, didn't want to do anything. And there was, you know, it's hard to get kids to do chores only if you're constantly complaining about your own chores. But when you teach that this is what we do and take responsibility for life and why we do it and you take those moments, I'm just, maybe nobody else out there is as bad as I was, but that's how I was. And I shifted that stuff, you know, and my kids have no, all three of my boys and my daughter have no problem with work today. They have no problem showing up for work today. They know the responsibility. Mm -hmm. They're not looking for being entitled and just something owed to them. Why? Cause dad got off his lazy rear end. If I could be that blunt, you know, that's the way I pastor anyway, is lazy rear end and stop thinking everything needs to be handed to me. Cause I become the man and actually showed my kids and taught them in those moments of how to and why do you. And so, yeah, that, but they never would have caught that, Chris, I don't believe, if I would have never got off the couch. Amen, brother. Hey, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back, guys. I get a chance to talk to guys every week, and one consistent struggle that keeps rising is the lack of community. To address this, we created the Lion's Den to start building a community of Christian brothers with the aim of serving them resources to combat the darkness. We are working hard to bring encouragement, inspiration, and tips to help you be the leader you're predestined to be. As part of the Lion's Den, you'll also be first in line with new opportunities, events, and resources 
that are designed to serve you in your journey. So hop over to thelionwithin.us to sign up for the Lion's Den for free. That's thelionwithin.us and become a member of the Lion's Den today. Terry, you were all over. I mean, because so many times, guys, you know, it, it, we just want to point and point and go and just and just tell them versus actually get up and make and and do the work. And to be a leader, you do have to do the work. I mean, you have to get out. I mean, leaders they go first. They're out front. They're showing. They're they're, they're and they're helping people all along. So I'm so glad you bring that up. And I'm so glad you teach that. And I'm gonna go spend some time in First Corinthians 11 now. That as I and. and <laughs> Because I'll tell you one thing, man, when you went through that, that was convicting, brother. I mean, that wow. was really uh, impactful because, I mean, too many times I have, you know, I have two two older. So I have a 12 and a 10 year old. Then I got two littles. Well, I, well, I have one little and then I hope prayerfully in November uh, our, our son will be with us. So I've made some mistakes with the older ones, too, as well, man. But I'm trying to, as, as you as you pointed out, you know, just really fix things and make sure I'm leading them well you know, and doing all I can to show up every day and make sure they see the same dad, you know, every day, you know, the same man rather in the world that they do, you know, here at the house. I mean, it's yeah. too many times we try to separate them. No, we can't separate it. either. You're a follower of Jesus and you're doing what he's telling you to do at all times or you're not. And I think that's called a hypocrite. So let's go ahead and yeah. make sure we're, we're leaning <laughs> in and, 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 and following whatever he's called us to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I think that the last thing I took off of that was, you know, in uh, John 14, it says that the, when Jesus said, hey, this is what I'm praying for, and I'm getting mm-hmm. ready to leave, but I'm going to send you a helper. I, and I take that word helper, and I realize that he's a helper when I start doing, but God, he's not right. the doer. You know, I'm right. not, he, it's not Jesus working for me. We're co-laborers with Christ. So it's right. <clears throat> it's understanding that we tie, and, and I know some people may not like this idea, but we tie the hands of God in our own lives when we stop doing anything. And we think mm. that because we're Christians that Jesus will just do things. No, that's not what the word says. The word teaches us that he's a helper to us. He will help us. He will teach us. He will remind us. He will enable us. But we got to step out. You know, right. the word to Peter was come when he said out of the boat. And that word released Peter to be able to walk on water. Well, if right. the Lord never told him to come and he tried to walk, he would have sunk. But because the right. word said come and Peter had to do something then, he couldn't have just yeah. said, cool, I get to walk, but never step out of the boat, right? He never would have right. walked on water. Same thing in your in your leadership, in your house, in your job, whatever it is, is you got to do something. And when you start doing it, and this is what I really teach is that's when the super gets on your natural. That anointing gets on you to help you do what God's called you to do. Amen, brother. I mean, that's look at the lion within us, guys. I mean, holy, I mean, seriously, we started this, had no idea where it's going. And God, I love the super in your natural. That needs to be on a T-shirt, by the way, Terry. If you don't have that in a T-shirt in, in your church right now, you're totally missing an opportunity, brother. But anyway, I mean, that's, I hear God. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously. Lean in, do the hard stuff, put in, just give it to them. Too many times we put God in a box, guys, mm. and we we want to try, try to keep God in a box. As long as I'm feeling comfortable about the, what I'm doing, then I'm going to do it. But I, I I wouldn't dare get out of my comfort zone because that's that, that makes me uncomfortable. But you know what? That may be God, where God is leading you. And if you get, if you never give him an opportunity to give you the blessing, you're not, you never, you're not yeah. going to see what's going to, what could happen. So man, so yeah. thank you for, for that challenge. Cause that was a really a great challenge right there. Amen. Amen. Curious. You've talked about it a couple of times already about leading your wife and too many guys get this mistake. They, they, they cross this up. So maybe we can, we can circle the wagon a little bit on this area when it comes to the air, to the, to the uh, area of leading our wife and leading, leading our spouse the right way. How do you counsel guys? And, you know, we're, where do you start? You know, maybe if you see them going wrong, where, how do you help them get back in the right track? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Being married almost 30 years, that's not easy, you know. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> my, Sorry, Rebecca. My, <laughs> my wife is, uh, I, listen, I love her. I love her with everything in her. But 
she is she's sometimes hard to lead, right? Because she has her right. opinions, and and you know we we have these sayings: happy wife, happy life, and things like this. Happy spouse, happy house, and and all of those are fun to say, but the reality is. Uh, that's not the way it goes. You know, um, mm. Proverbs 31 woman, my wife says this to me all the time. She said, I never signed up for Proverbs 31 woman. So be careful. She said, I did not ask for that. I didn't, I didn't sign up for that verse. So I'm going to take it out now. So it, it's, it's understanding roles and understanding yeah. what leadership and dictatorship looks like. And I think so many men, Actually, if I can rephrase that, so many women struggle with being led by a man because they, the way we're leading them, it feels like we're telling them what to do. And that's not what yep. leadership does. Leadership empowers, leadership uh, washes, leadership influences. And as a husband, if I could just speak it this way, you mm -hmm. should know the vision for your house. You should, you're the job, you're the, you're the, the Habakkuk that writes the vision down. Who are we? What do we do? What is our, what's our purpose? How do we affect the kingdom of God? Uh, what are we going to do in the church, the local church? Because we as a family should be a part of a local church, a local body of community of people that are reaching the lost, that are fulfilling a vision. And we should be the ones that set that. Uh, their a woman's job, according to Proverbs 31, is to manage all of that. And, and mm -hmm. this is where it over, this is where the problem becomes is the corporate level world mindset is the owner, the leader doesn't do anything but sit in the corner office and the managers run all the, all the work. And that's the problem. It's called servant leadership for a reason that we serve together. We choose to mm -hmm. do it together. So we have mm -hmm. to teach our wives the word of God, not what we want, not demand things, but wash them in the word, wash them in prayer. You know, my wife and I, we pray every day together. We, we grab hands in the morning. Uh, sometimes if, I, if she's in bed still and I'm leaving the house, I always go back home. And before she leaves, we grab hands and we pray together. Uh, and why? Because when we pray together, there's a, a level of intimacy that comes with, with the Father. We're asking the Holy Ghost to get into our marriage and the anointing of God to get there. And, and it could be a simple 30-second prayer. It doesn't have to right. be long. But that that prayer opens the heart of transparency and intimacy in our marriage now that I can start speaking to her about what I see, things that I'm doing, what I believe we're supposed to do, where we're supposed to go. What does it, where do we have location changes, demographics changes? What do we have career path changes? What does that look like? Well, if you don't pray together, if you don't read the Bible together, break bed, bread together, you know, the book of Acts says they met in the, in houses daily and broke the bread together daily, which is not just food, but it's also the word of God. So every day, if it was important, then it should be important in marriages. And that's really the first place where we do it. If you're going to have your wife lead you, you don't tell her what to do. You pray through it together. Me and my mm. wife, what I had to shift from is, is telling her what we're doing and, and say, hey, babe, these are the things on my heart that we need to pray for. We need to ask God for wisdom in this area of direction, this wisdom of we even started with our second kid, our our. Sorry, I'm trying to think. I got four kids, third, third and fourth kid. We went to prayer. You know, we didn't, we did not pray for our fourth child. It was one of those things that she didn't want. Uh, I didn't want. And she was our daughter it was the grace of God for us. Uh, but we, she was unplanned. And so our yeah. third child, our second and third child, we were praying for and praying for specifics. And I went to her and we prayed and, and we, we were praying for girls and we got two boys. And so we, all of that, but our fourth child, we didn't pray. And noted, when we didn't pray together, that disagreement, just we love our daughter. She's my baby girl, man. She's dad's princess. You know, she gets her way spoiled. But in the beginning, it was tough because with, yeah. where there was no prayer and agreement, it was hard. It really was. And, uh, and so I say all of those things that if you're going to lead, don't lead with dictation, lead through prayer. That's yeah. the number one way as a husband is just praying with your spouse. And some people, I have had men, Chris asked me this, well, I, I've never prayed. How do I pray? I was like, man, just start somewhere and God will begin to lead you. And I tell them this, grab their hands and say, hey, we're going to start something new. I want to wash you in the word. I want to lead you in the ways of God. And so let me pray for us today. And and we yeah. don't pray things like Lord fixer, <laughs> you know, but we pray, we, we pray for the day. We ask God for wisdom. Right. We, we establish that the day together in this house, we will serve the Lord. Like the Bible is for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and Lord help us. 
ask for wisdom in the day. And it's a 30 second quick prayer. And then always end it with this, Lord, thank you for the woman that you've given me that I've asked to be a part of my life and to be a partner with me, to be my helpmate. Lord, may she always understand that she's not beneath me, but she's beside me. And this is the things that I teach men. These are the ways you should pray is that she's not there to just work for you. She's there to help you. Right, man. I absolutely love that, Terry. I mean, it's so, so important. I mean, I've talked to so many guys too, that when they, when I talked to them about the idea of praying with their wife, I actually had him, dude, you, you'll, you'll love this one. Okay. And he listens to the shows, but I'm not going to name his name. So anyway, he's a missionary. And the first time I told him, I was like, well, brother, one thing we, that I want to ask you about is what's your prayer life? What you want, what your wife looked like? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, how often do you pray with her? And he's like, I don't. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's start there. Let's, let's, that's a great place to pray. I said, I always encourage guys, if they don't know how to do it, just ask a simple question. How can I pray for you? And, let, and then whatever she, she, she may say something, uh, go from there. But man, he turned white as a ghost. <laughs> he was like, all right, I'm going to try this. And then he came back a couple of weeks later. He's like, it's been the best thing for our marriage ever. Well, yeah. and, you, and you mentioned um, you pray in the morning. Now, that's not a practice I have done with my wife yet. I'll, we always do our prayer time together in the evening before you know, once the kids lay down and we, and we go to bed, but I'm curious, did you see a lot of, uh, a lot of fruit, a lot of value in that prayer time in, in the morning with her as well? It's, it sounds like you, you definitely did. You recommend that. Well, I, I did it because of my flexibility. Okay. Uh, I okay. actually live a quarter mile from our church office and I've always worked at the church. So <clears throat> even when we were smaller, I was, we both were working at the church, but we, before we left the, I'm a morning guy. So at night, yep. Like I'm done. I don't want to study late at night. I don't want. I don't even want to yeah. talk. You know, I want my nothing box. And but, right. Um, so for me, it was the most productive for us. Uh, okay. She's a night person. I'm a morning person. And so sometimes, I mean, I'd leave earlier than she'd get up, and that's why I'd always go back over there because to me, it's the most time that together that we'll have a small conversation. Uh, it worked for us. I just think, Chris, to be honest with you, whether it's nighttime, lunchtime, dinner time. I just think if you do it, I think it's a key component of God's plan for mankind is to put God in the middle of it. A threefold, a threefold yeah. cord is not easily broken. You know what I mean? That's and right. it's bringing God into your marriage and prayer is how you do that. And uh, bring a right. verse, you know, eventually bring a verse to it and, and, and just talk to her about the verse that you read that morning or whatever that is, or the thing you read, if you're a nighttime reader, read it at night and talk to her or tell her in the morning what it is. Just something yeah. that sparks God on the scene. You know, if, if you could, if I could say it that way, that brings God to the, to the marriage. And I'm telling you, as, as that missionary said, after a couple of weeks, that's God getting in. That's the anointing getting in. That's bring inviting yeah. God into your marriage, your marriage bed. And uh, I mean, literally, if you're a young man out there and, 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 and I know you're a pretty transparent, blunt uh, uh, guy, Chris, but for Shantae and I, my wife and I, when we were going to conceive, uh, we were praying together. I mean, right. prior to intimacy, we prayed together and asked God. We never had problems, never had an issue. And I believe it's prayer. Prayer did that, even in the, at our younger ages, uh, that God uh, answered us uh, in, yeah. in that moment. And uh, so I think it's, it's vital. It don't matter when. Just get right. God on the, on the scene, you know, so. And, and the reason I brought that up too, Terry, is, I mean, some of these guys may be listening and say, well, you know, Terry's a pastor. You know, he, obviously he's going to pray with his wife. You know, and, and but I brought up that missionary for a reason. Look, even guys in, in, in the mission field, you know, in the ministry s struggle in this area sometimes. And if you're thinking that you're as a man, you're listening, you know, you can't do this. This is just for people in ministry. No, no, it's for every man. If you have, again, if you tr put your trust in Jesus Christ, you are called to do this and to lead your wife. I'm with you, man. You got to bring the Holy Spirit in. Marriage is hard just with just a husband and a wife. Bring in the spirit to help, right? And that and I Absolutely. think there's so much value in that, and that's something that we just we we overlook too often as Christian men, in particular, man. Yeah, it, and again, it's like I've said, it's the anointing. That's when you bring yep. God onto the scene. It's His anointing. It's that supernatural ability to do everything. So, one of the, one of the things you mentioned, and we're, we're getting close to the end, Terry, but you mentioned a vision for the house, and 
you've mentioned this two or three times now in this, in this conversation. Now, is this something actually that you write down? I mean, how, how, how do you how do you explain this vision, or how would you recommend the guys listening to go ahead and make this vision actually put that uh, you know pen to paper, if you will? What what does that look like? Yeah, so I read Habakkuk chapter two, and it says, "Write the vision down, and he who reads okay. it will run with it." So I know that in business, that most people will do a business plan. I know when we talked, you were doing a business plan for the this podcast. You've done another podcast for whatever mm-hmm. business people out there that start businesses. It's a business plan. Well, what's a business plan? It's basically a vision. When you think about it, this, is what we're going right. to do. This is how we're going to do it. Well, how many of our children know what our family's about? You know, we know what we do, but why do we do it? Why why do we attend um, the the church that we attend? Why do we uh, participate in what we participate? Why what's important? Why are we different than everybody else? What just it's the why to our existence, not just to have a family to take mm. up space, to have a house, to have a piece of the American dream. If you live in the United States, um, to be a career individual, to be an employee, it's more to life than that. God didn't create us to just show up, right? There's purpose on everybody's life. And in marriage and in a home, it should be the why. Why do we exist? And so what me and my wife did is I took that back years ago in the late 90s when my, I, I just had the two kids, they were little, before we had our third and fourth. And I said, this is who we are. This is why we exist. Shante, Terry, you know, Elijah and Isaiah at the time, this is why we exist is we are going to be a participant in the vision of Abundant Life Church that does mission work. Uh, whether yeah. we go or not, we're going to sow to it. Why do we give offerings to our our ministry there? Why do we give, you know, why do we pay our tithe? Because we want to trust God. The why, This is who we are. This is the foundation. And a lot of times our kids don't know it. But if you asked any of my four kids, why did we go to Abundant Life? Why are we in the ministry? Why do we do missions? They could sit there and tell you, not based on what the church does, but what is our part? Sometimes mm-hmm. we just pray for, you know, we may not ever attend a mission trip, but we're going to pray for our missionaries. We may never attend, but we're going to sow seed to a specific group of people or a certain trip uh, or whatever it is. It's a, a crusade, evangelistic crusade. Why do we do what we do? And I think the importance of your why gives you a purpose now that you can put passion to and your families. And I think you, you, you say this sometimes is that you say yes to way too many things. Well, you got to learn what to say no to. Well, what are you going to say no to? Whatever's not part of your yes. Well, what's your yes? What's your, what are we doing as a family? You know, do we have permission? There's some people that are all about sports. You know, my my family was, we were a very athletic family, very involved in sports. Uh, All three of my boys, my my third one went to college at a D1 college. For on a scholarship for soccer, was an All-American, uh, had great accolades, and we went that route. But what we never allowed is that sport to interfere with what our yes, primary yes was, which was the was church, was God, was Jesus. And when you know that, you know what you can and cannot do. The minute you give into your sports, I'm not against it because, I, I mean, I'm an athlete by, by just growing up. Uh, when I start saying yes to all these sports, then I'm going to tell God no. I'm going to tell my wife no. I'm going to tell my family no. And so we had to pick and choose based on what our yes was, which is really the vision. What's the plan? Yeah. What's the goal? What's the business? Who in their right mind starts a business and doesn't understand what they're going to go do? It's the same thing with family. What are you going to – and husbands – Fathers, that's that's your job, man. That's you're not. We love for our wife to pick what restaurant. We know it's the greatest argument in every car on the way to to go eat, right? Uh, but <laughs> why? Because we want to please them. But in our homes, man, that's our job, and we get that right. in prayer. Who are we? Why do we exist? Man, that was so. I hope that helps, man. I, I I just I just speaking like from my heart what has happened with me, but it really shaped my whole my whole family. Absolutely helped, and I mean, it is actual. What I love about it is very practical. Guys can take the take what you just said and apply it to their life right now. So, thank you so much for sharing that. And hey, we're gonna take our last break. We'll be right back, guys. Outside of God's Word, what should you be reading to grow as a Christian leader? It can be daunting to see all the options available these days. To help bring you some sanity to your search, we compiled all of our featured books of the week so you can make wise choices and strengthen your mind. The topics range from health 
wealth, and self. So there's something there for all you guys. Whether you're looking for books for yourself or maybe you're researching ideas for other men, this is going to be a resource that brings you value. So check out the lionwithin.us forward slash book to see what would serve you the best right now and start sharpening your mind to be that leader you're predestined to be. That's the lionwithin.us forward slash book to learn more. So Terry, man, you've unpacked so much around anointed leadership. I definitely know a lot more about it now. I know our listeners do too. Now you started a podcast at, at the Abundant Life Church called the Anointed Leadership Podcast. So man, tell us about that show. What, what do you got? What are you doing there? What are you trying to serve? You know, the, the mission, maybe the uh, the vision. So to stick on with our, our theme here of, of what you got going on there with that show. Yeah, so the Anointed Leadership Podcast is really all about leadership. Uh, it's I'm a senior pastor today, uh, but it's not just for churches. It's not just for pastors. It's for anybody in leadership. And and honestly, uh, part of my intro is you need an anointing on your life, the anointing to husband, the anointing to father, the anointing to mother. And so that anointing gets on you. It helps you grow in leadership. But what I teach is practicalities, the simple things of what did maybe what I did personally, but how did I... I take the principles of Jesus, who I believe is the greatest leader of all time. He took 12 men in three and a half years, showed them what to do. He empowered them. He sent them out. Then he said, I'm leaving you and you're going to go do this. And then within what, 40, 50 days of Pentecost, 3000 people in one preaching because of a, of a man stood up and preached the gospel that 3000, it said, added to the number that day. And every day it was adding, so which is an empowerment that Jesus gave. He understood that it wasn't about his doing, it was about his empowering and teaching. Well, he did it. He showed the work for three and a half. And so the Anointed Leadership Podcast really takes that mindset of taking practical ways to empower people. And uh, what I teach is from my own personal through the pandemic. You know, I started the church uh, pastoring in 2020, January, March 15th. We all know what happened, right? Well, my church didn't decline. And, and as we talked a little bit about earlier, I actually thrived and grew in the worst right. time of society. And I relate that to, to leadership. I really do. Uh, empowering people, teaching people, uh, trusting people, taking risks, doing whatever God tells you to do. And many times God spoke to me to do something. And I thought that's the dumbest thing I could do today. But I did it. You know, and when I did, I thought I was going to have mud on my face, but it just it took us to another level. And what yep. does that look like in your life, whether it's business? Uh, I do business coaching uh, and I don't promote that, but I do do some business coaching with business people, entrepreneurs uh, about how to do and do business and how to, to, to refocus and shift back to what I call vision as I talk about it, because I believe the vision will keep you in the middle of the road and anything that you're mm -hmm. not supposed to do. If you understand the vision, you'll never do it, which will give you full energy into what you're supposed to. And so the, the show really is all about practical ways of doing business, of doing pastoral. If I could speak from the pastor side of it, uh, the, the, the statistics are crazy when it comes to pastors and leadership. Uh, basically, nine out of 10 pastors don't know how to lead. And now if you're a pastor mm -hmm. out there, please don't be mad at me. But just because we can preach, just because we have a vision doesn't mean we know how to lead. Most mm -hmm. pastors lead with great control because they're afraid of the, the ship sinking because of what somebody else may do. But when God's behind something and he's breathing on something, there's no man that can sink it. We understand right. that. Uh, and so leadership is actually you doing what Jesus did for his disciples is taking people and making them, helping them. Actually, Ephesians 4 says that the fivefold ministry is to equip and train for the work. And so, you know, I, I've taken that and most churches, most pastors that I know, and I know a lot of them uh, in a couple of different networks. And uh, most of them are great pastors and great preachers. You cannot deny the fact they understand that part of the gift, but just don't know how to lead people and uh, right. create followers. You know what I mean? Which really is, I'm not talking about followers. I'm talking about followers, people that will follow you to become who God called them to be, which are leaders in their community. Right. So, right. so that's kind of what the show is all about is really just getting the anointing on your life to be, go do what God's called you to do and see it done successfully. Well, I mean, it sounds so exciting. And guys, you check out the show notes. We'll have a link to his podcast. I highly encourage you to add that to your to your list. Go listen to, to Terry. He has wonderful stuff out there that he's, that he's doing. I think you release 
was it every week, every other week? Is your is your podcast release schedule? Yeah, every other Thursday, uh, yep. I I release one. Awesome, awesome. Well, Terry, you've reached a point of the line within us. We call it our, our feeding time. It's the lightning round. So if you're willing to play, man, we'll jump in uh, the, the the cage here and have some fun. <laughs> Let's do it, man. All right, man. So what's your favorite thing about God? He's a loving and gracious God. He doesn't throw me away today. Uh, he gave me purpose in my heart. I have a reason to live. Um <laughs> he's amazing. He's awesome. I, there's so many things, but real, the, the beautiful thing is he created me on purpose with a purpose. Amen, brother. What's your least favorite thing about Satan? He's a liar. He's nasty. <laughs> I, I, there, I don't, I don't have anything favorite about Satan, man. He's under my feet. He's a footstool. Um, he, I know, he, brother. I think the liar, the, he's a liar, man. He lies so much to people. And, um, yeah. and, and that's one of my things that I hate about him. You know what I mean? I know. So what's something that maybe you're struggling with right now? Ooh, uh, I think for me, cause I, I, I preach, I just had a message yesterday. My wife just, uh, this past weekend had uh, an emergency, uh, ERCP. She had a massive, uh, uh, stone inside of her gall, her duct. Oh, wow. She don't have a gallbladder. She, the gallbladder right. was taken out in 2009. So it's like, how does that happen? Anyway, I believe in the miracle power of God. And I, I was praying for my wife and I, I said, it didn't happen. Why did, you know, why, why did this not work? Why didn't the healing touch your life? Like Jesus said it would. So that's one of the things I'm struggling with right now. It's not that yeah. I'm kicking myself, but I'm wondering, the devil, remember I told you that the thing, the least favorite thing is that he's a liar. Like yeah. he was lying to me that it, this stuff don't work. You know, the, right. he, the, the gospel is not real. And so I hear that in my head. And so I'm beating those thoughts right now. That's the thing I'm really struggling with right now, because I've watched, I've watched God move so many times in, in my life and through my life that this is that one moment that I'm really, if you ask me today, if there's something you can pray for me, just pray for me in that moment, because, um, I still can't figure that part out. Amen, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now, next question for you here. What did you spend too much time doing over the past year? Oh, watching too much TV at night. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm a very meticulous uh, calendar guy, but I found that my calendar ended around 5.30 p.m. So I had way too much white space. Yeah. So because, yeah, that I wasn't intentional in the evenings. And so what I found is there was many times that even though I love to be active and busy, I was sitting on the couch watching TV too much when I could have probably been with my grandchild uh, or grandchildren, uh, could have hung out with my kids more, uh, done more with my wife or even done some stuff with guys in the church. You know, so that's probably the one thing just TV consumed way too much. I'm with you. Got to be careful of that stuff. And it's, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't always, it sometimes just sneaks up on us, right? It's yeah. not like it's intentional. Yeah. Two more questions, man. What's a new habit that you want to create moving forward? Or maybe it's a new one that you've created recently. Uh, Well, it, running. <laughs> okay. I hated running, man. I, I'm 48. I played soccer all my life up till I was about 38 years old. Um, I was uh, a referee for soccer until just in last year, 2021. And uh, that's the only time I would run to get ex- that exercise, that cardio. Uh, outside that, I hated running. I never just ran to run. And so I created in March of this year, I started um, – uh, with, in a fitness uh, with a trainer and he yeah. kept telling me, you got to run, you got to run. And I was like, Nope, I'll get cardio in the gym. I'm good. And actually uh, it was eight weeks ago. Uh, what is, where are we at? September. So it was end of June. I started running and went a mile, you know, and now this past Friday, I went six and a half miles. And so it, to me, it's, it's something I just created a habit and it's like, I want to keep doing it because I know what it's doing for my body. And as long Amen. as I add that to my repertoire, that my arsenal of health, uh, it, 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 it and it, you're talking for a guy that I, when I refereed or played soccer, I didn't even know I was running because I loved the game. Right. But when it right. wasn't the game, I actually had to be intentional and completely disciplined for my own life. Yeah. And so th- that's what that is, man. 
Love it. Love it. If I get to Kentucky, we're going to definitely take a run together, brother. Come on, man. Through hills. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Last question for you, Terry. So what's one thing that you hope that the guys out there listening remember from our conversation today? I really hope that they understand that God has anointed them to either be a husband, to be a father, to be a, a business owner or a work uh, an employee, that you have an anointing on your life, that God supernaturally wants to come alongside you and work with you to accomplish everything that he's called you and anointed you to do. And he, he will do it if you just trust him and that you are supernaturally anointed by God as part of the package of salvation. Love it. Love it. Now, where 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 do you want guys to, con- uh, to connect with you to learn more? We'll make sure we sync up everything. But if you want to tell them right now, that'd be great. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, my podcast is Terry, or I'm sorry, my website is terrylenscott.com. Uh, that's L-I-N-S-C-O-T-T.com. And uh, you can find me, connect with me there. Uh, you can get to my church that way if you ever wanted to. I'm on YouTube. Uh, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I don't manage those things things. I have guys that help me do it because I'm not a social media guru at all. Uh, but there, you can find me there, follow me in those places. Um, my church's Facebook has Facebook and YouTube channel. You can follow me there. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope I can just help somebody. Amen. Well, again, we'll make sure we have all that synced up for you listeners. So Terry, thank you so much for joining us today on The Line Within Us. Thanks again, Chris. Most men know what it's like to do life in a vacuum and feel isolated on the journey. We believe every man needs a community to help them become the men they were created to be. More than just a website or podcast, we are a community of Christian men who are committed to supporting and encouraging one another on our journey to become the best versions of ourselves. We are men who have fought the good fight and come out victorious. The lion within us is here to help you stop feeling lost, defeated, and alone. Instead, find community and connection with other men that will help you achieve your goals, live a life of purpose, and be the leader God intends you to be. Visit thelionwithin.us to join the new growing Lions Den community today. Guys, I told you that conversation was going to be powerful. Did I not? So there you go. I hope you got a lot out of it. Go back and listen. He covered so much areas here, guys. But, you know, a, a super on your natural is something I think that I will definitely remember that, that anointed part, guys. And we just need to make sure that if we want to lead, as he mentioned, as I, I've had that as I statement in there. Are the people you're leading, are they seeing you show up? Are you showing up the best version of you every day? Guys, I get it. It's hard to show up every day, but that's what we're called to do. So I pray that this conversation served you well, that you got some tips, some practical ways that you can start applying it to your life right now to make a difference. Now, the question of the week, I've already talked about it on a spiritual kickoff, but as you think through this conversation today, leadership does have a lot of confidence, but what does confidence mean to you? Maybe that shifted some just by hearing this conversation today, that the the idea of confidence has maybe transformed a little bit. That's probably good. So think about what confidence means to you. So guys, I pray this conversation served you well. If it did, share it with someone. Give us a rating and review. That makes all the difference in the world. Go to thelionwithin.us. Check out our website, all our resources, guys. We have stuff out there to serve you. Join our brand new community. We're not in Facebook. We, we, we built our own community to serve you. We have line lunches. We have Bible studies. We have all sorts of events that connect, give guys a chance to connect and actually engage in a meaningful way. Guys, get off the bench and get into the game. Okay? So, guys, I thank you so much for taking the time. I so, there's so many different podcasts you'd be listening to. The fact that you listen to The Line Within Us means the world to me. I pray again that this blesses you. It was an honor to work with Terry. Highly encourage you to go check out his podcast, the Anointed Leadership Podcast, the things he's doing over there. Guys, I'm telling you what, it is gonna, it's going to be a blessing to you and your growth to be that leader you're predestined to be. So I pray you have a great week. Come back on Friday. I have some really good tips to share with you on our, for your Fun Friday episode. Look forward to, to, to seeing you guys back here then at that point in time. But so until then, get out there, be that anointed leader 
that you're predestined to be and unleash the lion within. 